0: while making a positive impact in your community.
1: Good morning. This is Robert Fercouli, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome back. We've got a great topic, overcoming <laughs> the fear of charging what you're worth. So I'm back here with my co-host, uh, Eric Yoon of Standout Marketing. Eric, good morning. Welcome.
0: Hey, Robert. Thanks a lot.
1: Yeah. So how, you, how you doing? How was your weekend? Good.
0: It was really good. It's man, is really hot. All right, back <laughs> to really the hot.
1: back to the heat in Bakersfield and Pasadena, Los Angeles. A little cooler than you, so we're back to normal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah, I was, yeah. I tried playing basketball yesterday, and and after probably about five minutes into it, I was just trying. I was like running away from the stars, not trying not to pass out.
1: Right. <laughs> running away from the stars? Oh, just like yeah. the stars that things, you're seeing? I'm
0: starting to see stars. Yeah, it's starting <laughs> to black out a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, that, that sounds yeah. a little hot. <laughs> well, cool. So, you ready for um, this week's topic? Yeah. Yeah, I know we've talked weeks. a little bit about this, is how it has to do a lot with pricing, obviously. It's in the title. Um, you know, that's a topic that's near and dear to my heart because I know there's a lot of mm-hmm. businesses that suffer from um, low profits mainly because they're just underpriced. and with the low profits come a lot of issues, right? They're working really hard um, for not enough money and all that. And, you know, what I've found with the, uh, uh, when I've consulting over the years is that the vast majority of businesses that I consult with big and small, I don't care whether they're in the startup mode or 40 years in business and making a hundred thousand dollars a year versus a hundred million dollars a year, but they all have been able to benefit from raising their prices in some areas of their products and services. Maybe not across the board, but there's some areas, some key products and services that they were able to benefit from raising the prices to what they're worth. So the ones that have done it, they've seen huge benefits. And it's not just the profit increases, but just the, you know, what it did for the business, what it enabled them to do, like paying down debt, hire the needed staff, invest into more equipment, all the things they need to do to improve the product and the quality of the product and service. Um, but raising prices also comes with uh, some fear. Uh, a lot of it is fear of losing customers. That's usually the number one thing that I that I hear. That's the number one concern. Um, so even if even if a lot of businesses realize they need to raise the prices, they don't always do it because they have some kind of fear uh, around losing customers. And so they don't always um, um, say that um, you know they're 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 afraid of raising the prices. But they say things. Some of the reasons why they don't um, sound like this. It's like they don't have the brand recognition of the larger companies. Um, along the same lines, they don't have the marketing power of the competitors. Um, they want to charge a little bit less than the competitors to gain more customers or to gain customers. And then um, the customer, they just don't feel that customers are going to be uh, willing to pay the, uh, pay the higher price, um, usually based on some of the reasons just listed. So these are some of the issues that I hear. And so having to overcome some of those challenges that are mainly more uh, mental as it is real, um, cause if, as long as the price matches the value, the customers will come, We don't, oftentimes we don't have to change marketing messages or anything. We just raise the price to what it's worth. And instead of losing customers, we actually see them gaining customers. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, Eric. And so I don't know before we kind of, um, uh, talk about that, but do you hear any other issues and do you just even customers you've dealt with the clients that you've dealt with, um, have you seen areas that they could potentially raise prices, but they don't for, you know, whatever reasons, or do you hear any objections or reasons why they don't?
0: Yeah. Um, well, you're saying how a lot of times when your clients raise prices that based on increasing customers and not a decrease. Yeah. And I think a part of that is because, um, like I've been learning that, um, like the more serious clients they're looking for people who take their work seriously too. Yeah. And so, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it communicates something if you're going to do, if you're going to do something for a low price and their main, their first thought is going to be, Oh, it's not going to be that great quality, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, I think a lot of times they're looking for someone who's not just doing it, you know, kind of as a side or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. this is like their main thing. This is your focus and you're an expert at this. And I think pricing communicates that as well. Uh, to them, you know, they just, and so, and also I think, you know, you just, they want, people want to work with people that, you know, are serious about making money too. Like in Mm -hmm. the business world, it's about, you know, it's about making money at the end, you know? And so, um, you know, that communicates something as well too, if you're able to, you know, price, um, price it, price your product, um, uh, what's it called the right way, I guess, um, Mm. you know they can trust you more as well.
1: Yeah. So, you know, everything that we do as a business communicates something. Right. Right. So, and we don't realize what we're communicating by mm-hmm. having a little, bit, a little bit lower price than say a competitor. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we, I hear clients talking about how good and how much even maybe better than they are with some of the competition or some of the options that are out there, but yet their prices may reflect that. And so, If you're making a claim that you're better, but then your price is not, is actually less than, then what does that really communicate? Right? There becomes a conflicting message. So, which means what the customer's seeing and hearing is not sure. Right? They're just conflicted. So, are they really better? or are they just saying that? So which means if I, if I buy this, am I going to get what, they, what I pay for? You know, you hear that mm-hmm. term a lot. You get what you pay for. Right. So if you're going to be charging a lower price, then then basically what you're saying to the customer is this is what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Because we're all conditioned. But we hear that terminology. You, get, you pay for what you're worth. What you're worth. And mm-hmm. so you get a little bit cautious as a customer to take that risk, even if it's a lower price than the competitor. Mm-hmm. Because right, ultimately, you mm-hmm. want a certain type of value. Right? You're looking, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Like, looking for value. So um, saying, oh, I'm going to get this because I'm going to get a great deal. Really? Are you? You're not sure until yeah. you get to experience it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything to say about that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just totally agree. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the, the key is then how do we uh, – well, first, before we talk about you know how to overcome those fears – um, you got to think about as you're uh, with the lower price, um, one of the things that your challenges you're going to be facing with is obviously lower profits, right? And so if you're charging less than the competition, that means the competition, even if they're not selling more volume, they're making more money. Mm-hmm. And then you have to sell much more to, to, to make a profit. And so, you know, you don't really understand, depending on your profit margin, I mean a 10, 20% decrease in price compared to your competition. And depending on your margin, that means you might have to sell to 50% more. It just depends on your margin, on your profit margin, but you have might have to sell significantly more just to um you know make us make a profit than your in your competition. So what happens is then you're working really hard. Right. I think you said something earlier before we popped on about, you know, you're gonna be working really hard just to hopefully break even as opposed to why don't you just charge what you're worth.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: even if you do lose some customers, you're actually going to be gaining more money (laughs) (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
1: for, for less, for less work or less effort. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you talked about this before we popped on. So you want to kind of add to that?
0: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you're protecting your, yourself and, uh, and just the longevity of your company by pricing it just the right amount because, if you price it for where you're at now, then there's no room to grow, mm-hmm. um, and so um, I know for me too, it freed up so much time when I, uh, you know, I started raising my prices and started seeing, um, you yeah, know, just the call of, me, of my work and respecting it, pricing accordingly. And I raised my prices, and there's it just it's crazy how much time got freed up for me to be able to focus more, you know, on marketing my own business and just different um, aspects of my business. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and also I think that it just helps kind of filter. It's a good filter too. So you don't get people who are, uh, you don't get the wrong client base. You get a more solid base if you price accordingly. Mm-hmm. And so, you don't waste your time with people who are going to respect what you do or the product that you offer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and you hit on the key thing is time. So, you know, not only raising your prices, increase your profit margin, but it increases your time margin. Mm-hmm. Because now your, your, your workload is a little bit more manageable.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: So, usually when you're underpriced, they you have to work really, really hard, which means now as a business owner, a lot of times you can't really focus on building a business because you're involved in a lot of the day to day more than you really right. need to be. And right. so, raising your prices, increasing your margins, which means you can probably hire administrative staff to take off some of the load that you were doing or some load from other staff members that were just really, really busy. Um, and then yeah, you know, for a service-based businesses like you and I, um, it kind of helps filter out, you know, who are the serious customers. And because mm-hmm. it, it, especially for anyone that's in a service-based business, you'll know that when the, if you're negotiating a lower price for somebody, they tend to be probably the customer that eats up most of your time.
2: Mm-hmm. Versus
1: the higher paying clients for the same type of work, very similar work, right. they're a lot easier to deal with. <laughs> right yeah. and so it takes actually almost it takes you know less time or mm-hmm. sometimes less it's mental, the same amount of time yeah
0: yeah less mental real estate too <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i heard that or uh, it's just a term that i uh, use now but i've been seeing that that's such a huge uh just uh it's just really important to me and there's mm-hmm. only so much focus that i can have yeah and so anything that frees up like mental real estate for me is <laughs> is a huge value to me nowadays yeah
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then this, so the same can even be said for a product based business. Right? If, if you're selling a product, if you're charging the right price, um, making sure that you have enough margin to be able to work in the business, be able to hire the right amount of people so that people aren't, your staff isn't overworked, mm-hmm. right? Overworked and underpaid. Yeah. But they're actually mm-hmm. um, being productive. So when they're not overworked, that means they get to do the best work, which mm-hmm. means your quality of your product and service just goes up because they get Mm -hmm. to spend more quality time in building the products well, not Mm -hmm. making mistakes, and even on the service side, just not making mistakes. (laughs) Because the the higher the workload, the more mistakes that will tend to happen. Mm -hmm. So that lowers the the quality. So so raising your prices has a a huge uh, positive effect, and then the reverse happens when you're priced too low, Mm -hmm. that domino effect of of kind of the, you know, you're trying to – give good quality and service and that's what you're Mm -hmm. promoting, but then you're not priced effectively. So, which means, guess what? You're not able to deliver the product and the quality that you're, you're, you're communicating or you're marketing because you're just, you're just too overworked. Mm -hmm. So how do we overcome some of those challenges? And it comes down, uh, overcome the challenges of raising the prices and that fear uh, comes down to branding, right? right? About communicating. So marketing, branding and marketing, it's all about communication. Mm-hmm. So it's not just how the logo looks and the color schemes and what your website looks like, but it's really about communicating the value or really the experience of your product and service. What is the value? What is the experience that your customer is going to receive? But too many times um, businesses are focused on selling features, and right. not, imo- not enough time or not, not really concentrating on communicating the value. So mm-hmm. what I would mean example for that is like, say if you have a restaurant you're communicating the type of food, you know, Italian food, um, mm-hmm. and talking about the quality, the or, organic, whatever X, Y, and Z, as opposed to as a restaurant, maybe communicating the fact that it's a great place for date night,
2: right?
1: Right. That that has a different a, a different mindset. And when right. you're just selling the food, you're just thinking about the food. But when you're talking about date night experience, mm-hmm. now you're looking thinking about the ambiance. Um, you know, it's some place that. You know, maybe you get dressed up a little bit and mm-hmm. you know, now you're also starting to figure out who you're tar- honing in on your target market or target customer yeah. uh, for what they, they want to achieve. So um, that goes a long way to communicating what you are mm-hmm. or who you are as a restaurant, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know, because you've been going around filming restaurants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So even so, that's, so it's saying it is one thing, but then the imagery that you portray and that you did, you shoot, Video or, mm-hmm. or pictorial um, has to match that right. what you're trying to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. So, you got anything to add from uh, that? Yeah. Since you've been going around filming video, uh, filming restaurants yeah. a lot.
0: Well, I was just thinking. I mean, if we're gonna go with that whole date night thing, it'd, it'd be cool if you get the business owner and tell the story of the business owner's kind of love story with his wife or, or something go. like that. There you and go. And then, like, if you capture it, it's like really sweet and or whatever. And then all these. All these people are looking for a place to eat. Say that, or see the video, and they're like, "Oh, like I really like their story. I want to go check out the restaurant they came out of their romance or something like that." <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think that's yeah, that's that's where real branding is—is is not talking about what you do and telling people what or, you know to, to come try your product or come to your place, but um, it's communicating why you're doing what you're doing and um, the heart yeah. behind it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think that's great. You touch on a key point—the story. Mm-hmm. Right, because at the essence of branding is really communicating the story, the backstory,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and in this case, of the owner, the example you gave, and and who knows, you know, as you're uh, interviewing um, the owner, a lot of times, and we both have seen that that their backstory is really the essence of why they created this business.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: because of maybe their romantic background that they wanted to have a restaurant that could, that they can deliver the right ambiance for that Mm -hmm. kind of situation. Right. Right. So which means everything's consistent, you know, not just what you're communicating, but the reason why you're communicating that whole date night experience is really comes from the owner's background and what Mm -hmm. they want to deliver. Mm-hmm. So they're very intent on providing the right kind of service, the right atmosphere, you know, tablecloths, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the seating, the, the utensils and plates and all that, you know, yeah. how do you, you know, communicating all that is great. And it comes from, from the story mm-hmm. really. And so every business is the same thing. It should be, what is your story? Why did <clears throat> you even start this business? What is the thing that you're, you're wanting to deliver? Cause basically like the example you gave is, you know, it comes down to the problem that you are solving,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so in this case with the restaurant is they they want to make sure they're providing a great experience for someone on a, or a couple on a date um, because maybe they haven't found a place in town, or maybe they they don't feel there is enough of these type of locations that provide that kind of experience or that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, right. So that's the problem that they're solving is not, you know providing that atmosphere for uh, someplace that you want to take you know, the date or for your anniversary or even the birthday or proposal, you know, whatever, you know, what is that place mm-hmm. that we can do? So it comes down to also what is a problem that you're solving. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually why someone starts a business is they see a problem. They see yeah. some kind of gap that they can solve. And so mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that is and get into the essence of that. And it comes from their story. Mm-hmm. right? So I don't know if you have anything to, to add to that or, any thoughts that come to mind?
0: Yeah, no. I'm just curious. I mean, um, because I know you have there, you do this a lot with your clients as uh, pricing strategies. But what other factors are there, you know, that contribute that can help it be more confident in raising your prices and say, okay, this is these are the reasons why I can raise my prices. Are there any other factors?
1: Well, it comes down to some things we've already talked about. Is you want to maintain or deliver a certain type of quality and certain type of experience to your customer. Mm -hmm. Right. So as you're looking at what you're actually delivering, if you feel you're not quite delivering um, what you you hope to deliver to the customer, as far as experience, you know, what's the reason? Mm -hmm. Because they haven't been able to invest into, you know, hiring new staff, um, better equipment, Mm -hmm. um, more software, more hardware, you know, what is it that's preventing you from delivering a better experience Your customer or the experience that you want. And it usually boils down to not enough capital to be able to invest or reinvest into the business. Mm -hmm. There, uh, we talked about the busyness of the business. Right. So he's like, okay, if you stay, if you stay the course at the same price, are you even going to ever be able to make a profit, Mm -hmm. a better, a bigger profit to be able to do those things? And if you're already working at capacity, (laughs) where are you going to find the time to be able to do more
2: yeah
1: right so that's kind of what it boils down to is how are you going to be delivered more um, more time better service and all that at the current state that you're in Mm -hmm. and so that's what we look at all the time that's what i look at all the time is that unless you change your margin somewhere so it's whether you have to decrease your costs somewhere Mm -hmm. So there are different ways to increase your mar- profit margins, right? Decreasing costs, yeah, yeah. or increasing price, or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. So you got to figure out where can I increase my margins? Where are there areas that I can decrease my costs? And it has to come down to creating yeah. more efficiencies. And able to re- enable in order to reduce costs, you're going to have to increase efficiencies, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's labor or getting new equipment that allows you to be more productive. And where are the areas that I should be raising my prices? Right. right it doesn't have to be across the board, but usually a lot of times it's just you know when it's comes to a product based business, sometimes it's just um, you know two to five different <clears throat> products that they need to to raise their prices on on services maybe just one key service that they need to raise their price on I'm, I'm sure, but it's not usually across the board, but it's usually some key um, key products or services that they can raise their price that make a significant impact
2: mm-hmm. on
1: their margins, yeah, <clears throat> and so the first thing is to evaluate the condition of your business Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and say, okay, am I at full capacity or not? And if if I am, then I got to figure out how to increase my margins. If I'm not at full capacity, that means, okay, I do need to get more customers, Mm -hmm. but how do I get the right customers? Or should I just raise my prices? So even if I don't have as many customers as I want, but at least I'll be making better margin Mm -hmm. with the ones I have. Right. (laughs) Right. Right, and mm-hmm. so usually a ten to fifteen percent. I've got service-based business. A ten to fifteen percent increase in price is nothing for most yeah. of their, for for the clients. You know, now again, it goes back to making sure you're charging what you're worth. <laughs> if mm-hmm. if you're not providing the kind of value that your price is going to be raised to, then okay, you got to rethink that. But you know, if you're if you're um, you know, say if you're negotiating contracts and all that, and people take your price right away, then you know you're probably underpriced. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so there's a, there are ways to test out if your price is right. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe right. before you raise your prices across the board, or before you just raise your prices, maybe you test it out with select customers or with select products. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you, if you have a, a lot of products, a lot of products, that maybe there's one or two that you raise your prices on to see what happens.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. So, there's ways to test them out before you kind of roll it out across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a limit that you just kind of have to push and you don't know if you can, you know, be, um, be at that level of playing, I guess if, mm-hmm. if you don't push it and say, mm-hmm. and then just put yourself out there and say, okay, am I worth, you know, um, you know, $1,500 instead of $900, mm-hmm. like you slowly push yourself there. And see, yeah. and I think um, like one huge thing is is you have to, we had have to have the mentality of of longevity and the long term, playing the long term game with our business. Mm-hmm. I think um, the whole um, strategy of uh, lowering costs so that we can get more customers is very. It's kind of like a r- get rich quick. but then it's really, you're not going to get rich yet. You know, like (laughs) you're going to just hit a certain point where you start getting bitter and unhappy. You're going to be like, dang, they don't appreciate what I do. And you know, you're just heading for disaster and for a couple of weeks, you might be excited to see all these clients come in, but after a while, you know, all the numbers play out and, you know, you're just going to be more uh, bitter and stressed about everything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I think um, just having that patience and the long-term mentality is so important and say, okay, maybe I only get two, but I think it really works kind of like a snowball effect, you know, uh, exponentially where you get a few clients and you're doing really good or you get a few buyers and, and then it just starts uh, the word starts spreading if you're product or service is as good as you say it is, you know, it's, it's natural that people are going to talk about it then. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think just having patience is so key, yeah. you know, and, and, yeah.
1: Um, yep. yeah. And, and <clears throat> i have seen you know, I've seen it where they, they are just, they're just busy and they mm-hmm. never make a profit. And a lot of times they don't, when they set a price, they don't even forecast out what it's going to take to make a profit, what kind of volume it's going to take. Mm-hmm. I've had clients, I had a client that, You know, they had a price set for the product. And so I forecasted out and I said, okay, how many units are you going to sell
0: to make Mm -hmm. a profit?
1: And we found out that they wouldn't, (laughs) they (laughs) never would because they didn't have the capacity to produce enough units Mm -hmm. to sell what they need to sell in order to make a profit. Right. So that's the other thing. Sometimes they just set an arbitrary price to set their price, and they go, and they don't even forecast out. So what's that going to take? How much yeah. volume is that going to take? Yeah. And that's when you get the realizations, like, man, we're we're this ain't going to work.
0: You're just, <laughs> you're just doing work.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so I said, so that was the wake up call. So that's why when when I told them they had to raise their price about eighty six percent, um, they weren't. Yeah, they were okay. How are we going to do this? How are my customers right. going to take this? You know, then we have to come to the strategy of how to roll this out. But I didn't get they didn't they didn't resist the price increase because they knew they had to because mm-hmm. we forecasted out beforehand. So, man, at the current price, you're just not going to make a profit. So you <laughs> you figure it out, <laughs> right? If you don't want to raise the price, how are you going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't they couldn't reduce their costs, or um, not in, not to that extent. To, to be able to make a profit, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, when you kind of do the math, then that kind of brings the reality home too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, right. so when it says that my customers won't buy at the higher price, I was like, well, you don't really have a choice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but what it
1: does is helps you focus on who's your ideal target customer, mm-hmm. right? Because in any in in, in industry, whatever you're selling, there's customers at different ends of the spectrum, ones that mm-hmm. they're not going to pay more than a certain price. And there's ones that they don't care about the price as long as they're, you're getting the value that they right. want. Right. And then everything in between. So mm-hmm. as you raise your price, you just got to identify what kind of customer is that. So you can really hone in on your demographic because most businesses really just, they're just trying to cast a wide net. Yeah. And so they're not being specific. That means their marketing message is specific um, mm-hmm. and that's why they're in the shape they're in. But when they, when they are forced to have to raise their price, understand mm-hmm. that they have to in order to make the profit they need to, to be able to reinvest in the business, then it really sh- helps sharpen and focus them on who that ideal customer is. Right. And, and now we got something. Right? Now mm-hmm. I can come to someone like you, Eric and go, okay, we need to create a whole new, you know, create some new branding and website and collateral. Here's our target audience. Who's who we're trying to communicate to, right?
2: Yeah. The
1: person that wants to go to a great place, a great restaurant to have a great, place for date, anniversary, you know, you name it for special occasions. Yeah. That's who we're going to So any parting comments before we sign off here?
0: No, I think we covered a a good amount. Um yeah, um well if anything maybe uh I don't think we talked about because I know you have like a great teaching on this and you've helped me a lot with this, but um the the common mistakes, I don't think we covered that. Um, right now but i think that's a a huge part that really helps a lot (laughs)
2: yeah
0: or maybe they just have to they they just had to download it but i mean that's just huge because i think that helps a lot and you just look at you know your your company and for anyone who's watching or listening yeah you know if you if you read through the four common pricing mistakes it's going to help you look over and see what where can i change some um some of my pricing model my pricing strategy yeah that'll help a lot yeah,
1: mm-hmm. we we touched on some of it. You know, the, some mm-hmm. of the symptoms is uh, well, we didn't cover the pricing mistakes per se, but we covered some of the symptoms. You yeah. know, just being overworked, mm-hmm. and underpaid, and all that, uh, not having enough margin to reinvest, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, the four common pricing mistakes. We'll have to talk about that in different uh, different conversations <laughs> since we're at, we're out of yeah. time here. But uh, yeah, definitely, you're helping me with that ebook. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a,
2: that's a good segue. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Download the ebook when it comes out. there you go. But uh, cool. I think that we, we covered a lot of ground. you know hopefully, for those who are listening, um, you really evaluate your business, sing where you are, and look for areas to increase your margin, because ultimately, most like most entrepreneurs, you just don't have enough time to do everything. And a lot of times you're so buried in the business of the day to day that you're not being able to focus on building the business. So which means that's a clear symptom of you probably don't have enough margin, Uh, probably not priced effectively um, to give you enough margin profit wise to be able to give you more time margin (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. to work on building a business as opposed to just working in the business. Yeah. So, hey, thanks again, Eric, for for hanging out with me. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have any other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about, email me directly at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com, or go to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. And then tune in next week as we go live once again. So thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Have a great, productive week.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeandProfit.com.